Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to pray, Father, for all of our missionaries everywhere around the world, that you would bless and encourage and strengthen them and, and inspire them and motivate them and resource them, Lord God, with what they need to get the job done. Mostly we know, Lord, that they need your Holy Spirit to preach the word with anointing and with power and with signs and wonders, Lord God. And we pray that for ourselves also as a church, as a church body here in Chatsworth and in the United States of America, Lord. We pray for the offerings, Lord God, all of our tithes and offerings, that you would bless those and anoint those, Lord God. And I thank you for the faithfulness and the loyalty of your people uh, throughout this year, Lord Jesus, and how, Lord God, we have all partnered together to make sure that the financial needs of our church have been met. And we thank you for that. And now we pray for the reading of your word here this morning, Lord. Bless it and anoint it, Lord God. Uh, and Lord, Father, we just pray that you would touch all those that are watching online, their families, all of those that are here present right now. Help me, Lord God, to be able to speak your word clearly, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Very good. Okay, let's go ahead and read this section of Scripture. Acts chapter 27, starting at verse 27. The Bible says this. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea, when about midnight the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes and held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate, and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Now, if you haven't been with us the past few weeks, I started this section of scripture at the beginning of the year on Sunday, January the 3rd. And of course, the main reason why is because our world, our city, our families, we're going through a, a lot of heavy stuff right now. And in this particular section of scripture, we can relate to it because the apostle Paul was going through a very difficult time in his life. Now, I only read uh, in Acts chapter 27, a small section, but Actually, the whole story involves the entire chapter, Acts chapter 27, 1 all the way through the end. And, and we learn the following in this chapter. Through no fault of his own, the Apostle Paul found himself captive and in chains on a ship that was now caught in a very devastating and destructive and deadly storm. And it looked like he, the crew, and the ship would eventually be lost at sea. We learned that the crew did everything humanly possible to try and save themselves, but no matter what they did, it did not work or help. And we personalize this 
to ourselves or for ourselves. And you and I may find ourselves in a very similar situation. You and I may be going through a terrible storm in our life right now. It could be a financial storm. It could be a health storm, kind of like what Christy is going through with this fighting this cancer. It could be a relationship storm with your spouse or with your children. It could be a work type of a storm. It could be a mental or emotional type of storm and you have done everything humanly possible to try and solve and find a solution to this storm but the storm keeps raging and raging and sadly things are not getting better they are getting worse and everything seems dark and chaotic and and it's maddening and going back to our text in the bible we learned that out of desperation the crew uh, the crew of the ship dropped four anchors from the ship and a last-ditch effort to save themselves and to save the ship. In Acts chapter 27, verse 29, the Bible says this, Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. So I mentioned that from this text, we too can have or cast four spiritual anchors to help us weather the storms of our life. The first anchor that I reference to is in Acts chapter 27, verse 23. It says this, Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. What is this first anchor? The understanding that because of the cross, we belong to God. How many of you belong to the Lord here this morning? Can you say amen? We belong to God and the presence of God is is always with us and we shared some encouraging scriptures that confirm that we belong to the lord and that his presence is always with us especially during the worst storms and seasons of our lives i'm just going to share one of those here today in psalm chapter 23 verse 4 new king james version it says this yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil why for you are with me even if we face a deathly a deadly situation god is with us church we can be encouraged because god is with us last week we looked at the second anchor which is found in acts chapter 27 verses 23 and 24 let me read this to you it says this last night an angel of the god to whom i belong and whom i serve stood beside me and said do not be afraid paul you must stand trial before caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. In verse 24, the angel that was sent by God to encourage the, and speak to the Apostle Paul said these very powerful words to Paul. He said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. God makes a promise to the Apostle Paul. God tells Paul that he must stand trial before Caesar. In other words, Paul, things may look bad right now, but don't be afraid. You must stand trial before Caesar. Paul, I know that you see, all you see is darkness, but don't be afraid. You must stand trial before Caesar. Paul, I know that it seems like everything is lost and hopeless, but don't be afraid. You must stand before Caesar. Paul, I know that you, you and the crew have done everything humanly possible to try and save yourselves, but don't be afraid. You belong to me. I am always with you, and you must stand trial before Caesar. God gave Paul a promise. 
God told Paul that he must stand trial before Caesar. He assured Paul that this was not the end. Paul would survive this storm. He, he was not going to die. He will make it to Rome. He will accomplish God's plan and God's purpose and God's will for his life. Not only is Paul not going to die, but God is also promising that all of those who are in the ship will also survive. So here we have the second anchor. Believing and leaning and clinging and trusting and resting on the promises of God. Did you hear what I said, church? What's important to note is that after God assured Paul and gave him this promise, the storm did not stop. The storm continued. The storm got worse and increased in strength. All Paul had now all the crew had now to hold on to was God's promise. But church, that's all that Paul needed was Paul's, was the, the, the promises of God. The storm didn't matter anymore. The promise became more powerful than the storm. Did you hear what I just said? The promise became more powerful than the storm. The promise was you must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all those who sail with you. Not only was Paul going to make it to Rome, but all 276 people on board would be saved. And again, we personalize this for ourselves. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says this. His divine power, God's divine power, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Listen, if God called you into the kingdom, he's telling you straight up, I have given you everything that you need to live successfully in this life. It's all yours. It's all provided for you. Then he says this, verse 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. I like the way verse 4 reads in the New King James. In the New King James, it says this, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. I like those words, exceedingly Great. We discover that within God's word, within this Bible here, there's a bunch of treasure. There's a bunch of diamonds and golden nuggets that you have to seek for and search for and look for and study and discover for yourself. All kinds of beautiful things are in this book that we call the Holy Bible. And one of those things are the promises of God. God himself making a promise to you and I who are his people, to you and I who are his precious possession, to you and I who are his children, to you and I who are born again, to you and I who belong to God. Listen, don't, don't take for granted that you belong to the Lord. You are special. If you are a Christian, you are special. Don't let anybody put you down. You are special to God. Remember, the first anchor 
We belong to God, and God's presence is with us wherever we go. And now we come to the second anchor. God has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. These promises belong to those of us who belong to God. God has given us, given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. These promises far exceed whatever our need may be. Let me say that again. These promises far exceed whatever our need may be. No matter what our problem, these there is a promise that far exceeds that problem. No matter what our dilemma, there is a promise that far exceeds that dilemma. No matter what our circumstance, there is a promise that far exceeds that circumstance. No matter what our sin, there is a promise that far exceeds that sin. No matter what great mountain or wall or giant or obstacle or storm we may face, our God is bigger. His promises are exceedingly greater and far more precious than anything that you and I will ever face in this life. You do not have to be intimidated by the storm. If you're going to fear anyone, fear God. These promises are great because they come from a great God. These promises are precious because they are guaranteed with the precious blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today I want to talk about the third anger. And that's found in Acts chapter 27. And I'm going to read our text for this morning again starting at verse 27, and we'll get to our third anchor for today. Let me read again, starting at verse 27 of Acts 27. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea, when about midnight the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not, only, not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Now, this third anchor has to do with food. All of us love to eat. I can tell that all of us love to eat. You can tell that I love to eat. Okay? Eating is a good subject. It's not good when you're hungry at 12 o'clock noon in church. But according to the Bible, the entire crew had gone at least two weeks without eating any food. They had been fasting for two weeks and possibly longer, not intentionally, but because of the stress and the anxiety and the danger and the battle with nature they were all facing. Let me read. Chapter 27, 
Verse 33 again, it says, Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, You have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now, I know that I've mentioned this before, but when we go through stressful situations, you and I that are here right now, some of us, when we're under a lot of stress and anxiety, we eat a lot. And some of us lose our appetite and can't eat anything or enjoy any kind of food. Now, I myself am the type that loses his appetite when I'm under heavy stress. And this is what was happening to all of these guys that were on the ship. They were so stressed and desperate and working so hard just to stay alive in this storm that they didn't eat anything for at least 14 days. Okay, They didn't have an appetite, nothing. And I mentioned earlier that the president of our four-square organization, Randy Remington, he encouraged all of us to fast for these first 21 days of the, of the month. And this is especially true since the whole world is in a pandemic and going through so much drama and crisis. So fasting is a good thing. Going without food for a season, it's for, for spiritual reasons, it's a good thing. It's not easy. It's hard. But it's a good thing. Fasting is good and it's important. And if you do fast, it will definitely be a blessing spiritually in ways that are very mysterious, very powerful, and, 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 and in a way where we can come against uh, the evil in our world and against the devil himself. But like prayer, I'm not going to include fasting as one of our anchors. I pray and I hope that and I pray that all of us who are Christians, we pray on our own and that we fast from time to time. I pray that that's true for all of us. We need to do that. It'd be a part of our lives. But now the Apostle Paul was encouraging all of them to eat something. The Bible tells us that after 14 days or longer of going without any food, the Apostle Paul encouraged all of them to eat something. And the Bible tells us that three things happened when the crew ate food that was a benefit to the crew. And that's what I want to talk about this morning as our third anchor. Let's read verses 33 through 36. It says this. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. In verse 34, the Bible tells us that the Apostle Paul told the crew to eat some food. And then he said these very important words. He said, you need it to survive. Let me say it one more time. You need it to survive. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it have been a very sad thing if crew was able to survive the storm? And all the dangers of the storm. And all, the, all the, 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 the loss of the storm. And yet, in the end, end up dying from malnutrition. Dying from something so basic as neglecting to eat food or forgetting to eat food. And, and the thing is, they had plenty of food on board still. So it wasn't like they didn't have any food. They have had plenty of food. They just didn't have an appetite because of all the stress and the anxiety of the storm. And it would have been so sad if they would have ended up dying, not from the storm, but from the starvation. 
So that's why the Apostle Paul says, you need it to survive. Well, looking at this spiritually, if we don't eat some spiritual food, we are going to end up dying. Thank God you're in church here this morning. Thank God for those of you that are taking time at home and you're online. Why? Because you are hungering for the Word of God. Right now we're hungering for food. I understand. So am I. But you're online right now watching from home because you want to feed yourself some spiritual food. We're here in church right now because we want to be fed some spiritual food right now. And not because of the storm, but because it's the right thing to do. You see, in life, we get so busy in life, we get so busy trying to figure things out, we get so busy trying to survive all of the trials, all of the tribulations, all of the battles, all the bills and the needs and the responsibilities, all of the chores, all the personal projects that we have working out and going shopping we get so busy staying up late watching movies and playing video games and entertaining ourselves with distractions we get so busy that we forget or don't take time to eat some spiritual food we neglect this so busy that we neglect this and the holy spirit is saying hey you need this to survive you are a child of god The people that don't know God, the people that don't have a relationship with God, they're already lost. They're already condemned. Most of us were part of that group. But now we are in Christ. Now we have the Holy Spirit. Now we have a responsibility to reflect the glory of God. And he says, you got to eat some of this stuff to survive. Didn't Jesus say in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, listen to what he says. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Was bread important to jesus after 40 days of fasting you better believe it he needed it to survive but he said more important than that bread is the word of god i need this to survive this is what has kept me 40 days and 40 nights not bread this the apostle paul told the crew you have been so busy dealing with the storm that you haven't eaten anything and you need to eat in order to survive it's the same thing with you and me the holy spirit is telling us don't let yourself get so busy or distracted or stressed or worried or panicky that you forget to take some time to eat some spiritual food read the bible take time to worship and praise your creator there are some benefits to doing this church Psalm 119, this is a really powerful verse. Psalm 119, verse 143. Listen to this. Trouble and distress have come upon me, but your commands give me delight. 
What is the psalmist saying? He's saying, man, I'm having so many problems right now. I'm going through so much stress, so much anxiety, so much, so much frustration, so much chaos. But you know what? When I opened up this book and I began to read from this book, it says here, it gave me some delight. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. Let me just read these very quickly. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 22. God repeats it. When God says it once, that's enough. But when he repeats something, we better pay attention. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 22. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. If you carefully observe all these commands I am giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to hold fast to Him. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Psalm 119, verses 47 and 48. For I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. Psalm 119, verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Psalm 119, verse 140. Your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. Listen, nothing is more powerful or beneficial than this word. He just says, read it. Just read it. Just take time to read it. And then go about your day. Do your thing. I'm still going to be with you. So the first thing that eating food did was to provide needed nourishment in order to survive. The second thing that eating food did was to assure them of their health and safety. Acts chapter 27, verse 34 says this. Now I urge you to take some food you needed to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. The last part of verse 34 says, not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. Go ahead and eat. Go ahead and enjoy a meal now. I know that we are in a terrible storm, but we have God's assurance, God's promise that we will all be safe and we will all survive. God has revealed it to me and I'm letting you know that God is powerful. He's going to keep his promise. You know what? Let's celebrate that and let's eat. Isaiah chapter 26. Verse 3 and 4, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I know it sounds better than New King James. I know it does. NIV. But you guys get the message. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. When we take time to read God's word and meditate on it, God says, I'm going to give you peace. 
everything's still raging. Everything is still out of control. Your marriage is all messed up. Your kids are all messed up. Your finances are all messed up. Your health is all messed up. Your life is all messed up. The world is all messed up. But you have peace with God. You have peace. Everything's messed up, but you have peace because you have God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Listen. Common sense. All you have to do is look at an alcoholic. All you have to do is look at a heroin addict. All you have to do is look at a meth addict. And then you look at a person that's following Jesus. You're going to see the difference in their physical appearance. It's just common sense. That when we do what God tells us to do, he's going to bless us with good health and a good life. Can you say amen, church? So again, we need to eat the word of God to survive. We need to eat the word of God because it will give us health and safety. And the third thing, as we bring this to a close, that eating will do, let's go to Acts chapter 27, verse 36. It says this. They, will, they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Eating food brings joy. Eating food brings good cheer. It is celebration. It is laughter. It is enjoyment. It is pleasure. It is good times. It's encouragement. Listen, when we leave here, this church right here in a little bit, in a few minutes, some of you can't wait to get out of here. And you're going to go to wherever you're going to go to to get some food. And man, you're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to say, thank God I'm out of church and I'm here in front of my food, eating my food. It's going to bring you joy. Eating a meal together brings us together. It bonds us. Time to share and laugh and talk and express and fellowship and joke around. Eating together also provides a time to discuss disagreements or concerns or to clear up misunderstandings. Millions of dollars have been made when businessmen and women get together over a meal to negotiate and navigate through those negotiations or decisions. Great ideas have been birthed around the dinner table. That's why we have communion service. God says, I want you to come together and have a meal together as a body of Christ. And, and, and those of you that have the, the privilege of being able to just have a dinner with your family around the dinner table at home, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. On Wednesday nights, after the guys play basketball here at church, they very often, after the game, go out and get themselves something to eat. And they fellowship with each other. And they talk about how impressed they were about how awesome they played their basketball games. I'm just playing. It's just a beautiful thing to get together. There's a special bonding that occurs when people get together and share a meal together. It's an encouraging thing.
So church, our third anchor, in taking time to eat, make sure that we don't get so busy that we forget to eat. Make sure that we don't exhaust ourselves trying to figure things out on our own and in our own strength, but instead taking time to stop, get quiet before our God, and eating from His Word. I want to go back to the example that I shared with you earlier about how certain people act when they're under heavy stress. I mentioned that there are certain people that uh, lose their appetite, and there's other people that find comfort in eating lots of food when they're under a lot of stress, and they gain a lot of weight. You guys remember I said all that? Now, for those of you that are like me, that stress takes your appetite away, okay, that's okay. But for those of you that like to eat a lot of comfort food when you're under stress and anxiety, I want to ask you to just try something. Just an idea. Just a challenge. Option number one. Option number one. When you're under high stress and you're craving that comfort food, I'm going to encourage you to go right to the Bible and just start reading the Bible. Just try it. Okay? But if while you're trying to read the Bible, all you're thinking about is potato chips and popcorn, then what I'd like for you to do is instead of eating those potato chips and popcorn, cut your, get yourself some grapes or a banana or some sliced apples or some oranges and, 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 oranges and, and try to eat something healthy if you have to eat something for you to concentrate on what the Bible is talking about. That's option number two. Option number three, go for the comfort food. Not just a slice of cake, the whole cake. Put it in front of you. And ice cream and seize candy and the donuts and go to portals and load up at portals and get your pancakes going on and get your Hershey's bar and get your popcorn. Get all the comfort food that surround yourself with all the comfort food that you want. I'm just asking for one thing. After you eat to your heart's delight, open up the Bible and read something from the Bible. I like, for example, I like Psalm 100. Let me just read this. Real, I should stop right now, but I'm just going to read one. I like Psalm 121. Psalm 120 is such a good, there's so many different Psalms in here. Psalm 121. Let me just read that really quick, okay? Psalm 121 says this, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. That's just one. It's such a powerful, powerful chapter in the book of Psalms, and I think of Bessie Wilson singing the song. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence come. I don't sing it as pretty as Bessie. A lot of these songs, Psalms, we sing these songs. 
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Psalm 91. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord. Just start. When you start worshiping and praising, everything's crazy. But you start getting into these these psalms and and, and worship. You know what? It's going to start changing your whole attitude. It's going to start changing your perspective because now your, your, your focus is on Jesus. I want to encourage those of you who are into the social media. Listen, some of that social media, I know there's a lot of good stuff on there, a lot of good preaching, a lot of good prophesying, a lot of good stuff. But man, some of that stuff, if you listen to it too much, it's going to stress you out. It's going to start stressing you out and getting you You need to put it away. Put it away. And just start reading this. I'm not saying that it's wrong or that it's evil or that it's bad. Listen. Just put it away. Go ahead and be informed. Go ahead and educate yourself. But there's also a time where you need to just put it away. And just read. And let God bring some comfort to your soul. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, that you will help us to anchor ourselves in you, Lord Jesus. That we would eat, eat from your word. We need it to survive, Lord. It brings health and encouragement and strength. And Lord God, it brings us joy. It's beautiful and it's good. And it's a blessing to us, Lord. Help us, Father, to cast that anchor when the storm hits and to just begin to refresh ourselves in your word. If you're here this morning and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus, and I want to do that right now. If that's you here this morning, lift up your hand. Those of you online that are watching, If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just say this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I confess that I am a sinner, but I believe that you, Jesus, died on the cross and rose again to provide forgiveness for me. And today, I receive that forgiveness that you offer to all mankind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And with that, church, let's all go get something to eat. Hallelujah. Those of you that do need prayer, please feel free to come up to the altar. We will pray for you. And we'll ask God to help you with whatever it is that you're going through. And Lawrence, so good to see you and your family here this morning. God bless you guys. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.